You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Great Pets Radio is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com forward slash GPR to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Good morning. Do it again in unison. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome. You go first. No, you go first. Welcome to Great Pets Radio. You got the Dos Amigos. We're both here this morning and we are just happy to be here and happy to take your calls at 888-441-9876 on the health and behavior of your pet. It's good to be back. Had a little bit of a hiatus and it's great to be back on Great Pets. It certainly is. Yeah. So fun day. Fun day. So, it's yeah. a little cool today, but it's a beautiful day out there. I got a little Jack Russell Terrier in for training in uh, a poodle training or in for training. Danny and Togo. So uh, Toga. So it's uh, keeping me busy. Raising puppies is not easy. Oh, it's not. One of the things that Brian does is he'll uh, he'll take dogs from take them into his house and you know train them and give them back and it's. Uh, it's you, you know it's good work. It's hard work. You it's know, great, but I got a you know, Toga is a nine week old Jack Russell, so she's going out every two hours. So yeah. you know, what are you doing? I'm staying home. <laughs> she's either you know I'm either taking her out or she's in the car. She's in the car with me. I just ran her around, so she should be fine for now. My brother, who uh, went through the empty nest syndrome, I think, went out and got himself a puppy. And he chose his favorite breed, which was a Weimaraner, which are very happy, active dogs. It's like living with a speed freak. Yep. And uh, he had a really hard time. And I remember him calling me up and saying, God, what was I thinking? <laughs> so when you get these people who... Uh, but, you know, let's let's talk about both sides of that. I mean, the upside of getting a puppy is, you know, there's no quote-unquote baggage, as people say, because, you know... you. You can start them fresh, and you mold them, and you know you put in what you're going to get back. Correct? Yes, but that takes a considerable amount of time and effort. Yeah. As far as doing that, and I don't think most people realize it, especially if it's been a while for a puppy. I, for one, if I'm going to get another dog, and there's a moratorium on dogs in the house at this point, uh, I'm getting an older dog. The puppy stuff is very cute, and I love it. You know, puppy breath is one of the best smells in the world, but as far as the amount of time it takes and i'd rather go to a shelter or a rescue at this point yeah i think we've had too much ex- we've had too much exposure to so many good dogs that need homes it's hard to say no it really is yeah, yeah. but as far as puppyhood you know think long and hard about it because many times you can get an adult dog that will bond just as well i mean a big thing with puppies is not just a cuteness factor but people believe that you know, an older dog isn't going to bond as well, and that just oh, that's crazy. Sure. You know, when you talk about older dogs or an adult dog, Brian, we're not talking about a nine or ten year old. 
I mean, there are one-year-olds, one-and-a-half-year-olds, where you can actually bypass a lot of that. They're six-month-olds. Yeah, that teething, that all those things that you go through, which, you know, if you have the patience and you have the energy level, you know, it's what, what I find more and more, which is, and I don't know what it is, but there are more and more people I'm meeting who are, you know, been retired for a long time, and they're getting into these younger puppies still. And I just find it, I, I, I say, you know, hats off to you. It's going to keep you busy. And it's a weight loss program. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, 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 you're going to be moving. Yeah. It's part of, uh, it's part of their life. So I, I commend anybody who does that, but, uh, do your homework before you get that breed because sometimes they can pull you around town. All right. Major reasons for, uh, car accidents. We have driving under the influence. We have texting. We have people messing with their phones in cars. What else? How about DUIP? Driving under the influence of pets. Who would think? This was our own. This just this is splashed all over the web. This is from our own local uh, newspaper, the Foster's Daily Democrat. Came out with an interesting story. I mean, one that really hasn't shown. One that all of us have seen, right? Yes. Until Easy Pass, there were many toll booth operators that, and there still are some that uh, know how to pull their hands away pretty quickly. <laughs> But, you know, I, it reminds me, I, I was just traveling this this weekend, Brian, up uh, Route 495 in Massachusetts. And as I drove by this motorcycle, I just happened to glance into my rearview mirror. And what I saw was one of these big kind of touring gold wing, you know, big, big motorcycle with the windshield. And what I saw was this gentleman's head. And right below it, I saw a pug. And I said, you got to be kidding me. So I slowed down, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and sure enough. So I actually got... Like side by side, I, I took you a picture. You sent me the picture. I had someone take a picture. I didn't right. take it, but uh, the dog started barking at me as I got close to him. Right, so I thought to myself, "Is this guy whacked? Is this guy crazy?" And I know because I wanted to see how is this dog fastened in. So he had kind of a harness on. The dog had a harness on, and I'm guessing maybe two to two feet, perhaps. That the dog could, at the most, could go around. I mean, obviously the dog was trained to sit on the gas tank and go. But Brian, this isn't 10 miles an hour. This guy was going 70 miles an hour. Jim, after working with dogs for almost four decades plus, one of the things I've learned is when I look at a situation, I look at what can go wrong. Yeah. Because if it does, it means either the dog is not going to survive or you're going to be racking up a lot of vet bills. Or he's not going to survive trying to protect this dog who slipped, you know, if it gets rainy and wet and the dog slips off. It was just bizarre. And so he was smiling. He gave me the thumbs up. And I just kind of said, wow. I mean, I, you know. Look, I want to be different. Then I'll sacrifice my dog. Yeah. Well, it was just, it was something else. And I'd never seen that before. And I just thought it was, it was nuts. (laughs) Quite frankly, it was nuts. Well, you know, the other thing is dogs and cars or cats. You know, they're going to react to different things. That's why when you roll windows down, the dog's not restrained. In the car, if he sees something, he will jump out, and you can be going 40 miles an hour. They, nature has not really helped them figuring that out. Well, this was, a, this was a survey you're referring to by AAA. They found nearly one-third of dog owners admitted to being distracted when having their animal in the car. 21% of drivers allowed their dog to sit on their laps a big no-no, according to law enforcement officials. And some even admitted to feeding their dog or playing with it while in motion. Yeah, but should this surprise you? I mean, really. No, but the thing is, is if you get in a car accident, the airbag is probably going to kill the dog. 
either that or you're going to have a dog that's flipping out on your chest and probably is going to be biting. Yeah. And the other thing people don't realize, they said, you know, imagine um, the devastation that impact can cause to your pet and anyone else in the vehicle. If you have a dog unrestrained and you're going 30 miles an hour, it's the same force as a 2,400-pound projectile. Yes. You know, so not only uh, are you endangering the dog, but endangering people in the cars. They have car seats that you can get for dogs or small dogs. They have harnesses that you can get. And also, next couple of weeks, um, I'm going to throw up a video. One of the things I do is teach the dogs to down in the car. And if they can't look out the windows and seeing what's going around, they remain calm. And if you've taught the down, you can use it in the car, very easy way to enforce it. And as far as showing people how to do that. So if you do have the dog in the car, you have it under control. Yeah. It make, makes a huge difference. Many states, including New Hampshire and Maine, have discouraging drivers well, from playing with pets in the front seat. Fines can be hefty. Maine is up to $500. New Hampshire can be 75 to $250. You know, in California, they passed something called the <laughs> Paris Hilton Bill. Did you read about that one? No. Yeah. Ca- Duh. Yeah. In, in, in California, legislators passed a bill that would have imposed $35 fine for drivers caught with a pet in their lap. It was nicknamed the Paris Hilton Bill after the hotel heiress was one of several celebrities caught with their dogs in the front seat. Republican Arnold Schwarzenegger eventually vetoed the bill saying it was unnecessary intrusion. So, well, uh, I'm going to Hilton Bill. Last week was... Uh, She's going into the uh, hotel business now. Oh, my gosh. Who would think? But, you know, honestly, though, it does scare me a little bit, and now even dogs with their head out the window. So. Give hey. us a call, 1-888-441-9876. You're with Great Pets Live. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. I actually got to see Tom Petty um, a while back, while he, on Thursday, while he played. And uh, boy, what a what a performer! He still has it. Hey, McKinnon, I want your he still, life. He still can do it. It's unbelievable. You don't want my life. <laughs> hey, uh, the travel and the entertainment end, I'll take oh, it. The rest of it, you can keep. Well, it's all it's all about just balance and moderation. But our number this morning is one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six. Here's a great story. Lucy and her owner Dunning uh, climbed Mount Washington. The th- thing is, is Lucy is paralyzed in the hind end. So a company that makes uh, a support wheels for dogs that are paralyzed, um, they fit outfitted her. They practiced with it, and she climbed Mount Washington. Amazing story. Hats off. I think she did the auto road because, I mean, you take some of those trails going up to Washington. And, you know, when I first did it a couple of times with my own dogs, I used to do them on leash because the dogs were so, you know, a couple of times you look down and you're like, yikes, if they ever slipped. But I'm telling you, the, the more I do it, and I do climb Washington a lot. As a matter of fact, it's the only mountain I like to do. Um, I found that holding on to the dog on a leash was actually more dangerous because I couldn't balance myself. And I, so I found that, that they was, you would be going up and you would see poodles just dancing by you. Oh, yeah. And it's really, it's a, it's a great way to get out and have fun um, and just enjoy the day. Great exercise for the dog. Yeah. Washington's just such a tricky mountain because you get up top, you don't know what you're going to get. But you know what's nice, though, is when you do get up, uh, if it's bad weather, which it, you know, it often is, when you get to the top, they don't allow dogs in their hut, but they do have a space downstairs where they have water, and then if it's really bad weather, you can go in, and, you can, and they can give it to you. They're really dog-friendly people up there. Nice. Yeah. You know, unlike some of the beaches you go to where suddenly you have a dog, and it's like, yikes. You know, you pull in, and they just look at you and say, no dogs. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately. Yeah. So it's, but congratulations to Lucy. And you know, Brian, a lot of these dogs who are paralyzed, um, they, they still can have a life. And a lot of people that you'll talk to would say, I would never do that to my dog. You can. You just put these little wheels behind them and they go about their business. And you mentioned poodles. Yeah. Right. My favorite breeds. How do you think, how do you think they got the name poodle? (laughs) I don't know. I'm afraid to ask on this one. (laughs) All right. Um, I know that I know that they would they were originally used for and on boats hunting right? dogs, but what they used for the like they, they were back used like labs. There yeah. were retrievers who would swim out after fallen waterfowl. What was the first poodle? Was it a standard or was it a toy? Probably a standard. Yeah, I then, think. Yeah, okay. So, but poodlin was a low German word that meant to splash. So these brave retrievers were known as poodlehunds or water dogs. The word eventually evolved into the English poodle. You know, this is one of my favorite breeds. I have Danny, who's five months old, and for training. He is such a smart, lovely dog. Yep. Uh, he is, un, you know, just a terrific dog. They're a great family dog. They are. And one of the things people misread about, because, you know, we're, the humans do the weird haircuts. And they used to be functional, but with what it's turned into. Right. But I'll tell you, I got a friend of mine, a, a poodle. She lost her dog. She was in grief for a year. And I said, okay, enough. So we got her a poodle puppy, and uh, Gracie. So Gracie's a black poodle. She's probably about 40 pounds. Jackie walks into the backyard. Gracie has the gas guy up against the wall, <laughs> showing every tooth in his head. He's ready to wet himself. <laughs> <laughs> going, but it's a poodle. Yeah. And your point is? 
So they're pretty balanced as far as being protective of the family, but they're a great dog, and because they don't shed, people with allergies, they usually do well. The only thing that I have seen, well, what I like about poodles is they actually, poodles figure you out. They just sit there and they stare at you kind of like, they're already like, you know, you know, carry the one plus two. They're, they're, they're getting it when they look at you. It's kind of fun. But what I, I don't, a lot of them can be very, very active dogs. And they are. And, and uh, if you're an older person, I've had one in particular client who, who actually broke her hip because the dog was pulling her too hard. Don't get a young poodle. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also with training, you know, as far as you can, with any dog, if it's pulling you, especially if you're older, you may wind up on the ground. It's funny, I was talking to uh, somebody who, uh, their son had a, three cats, and this cat wasn't thriving. Wasn't using the litter box, was not grooming itself, kind of depressed. The other cats were giving it noogies all the time. They were beating up on it. So she took the cat. So uh, Cat noogies are the worst. So I'm talking to, to <laughs> yeah, our, really. Our producer, Adam, is shaking his head right now. <laughs> so she gets the cat, and I said, listen, don't let it out. No, but it loves to go out. I said, where did you get this concept that you actually know how a cat's? think i said you know there yeah. between coyotes other dogs other cats you know if you love the cat you keep it indoors because this way it's going to be safe and it's not going to be running around killing stuff no 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 oh, okay maybe i'll think about it or whatever so i see her the other day and i she gets all these supplies you know one she didn't i said do you have a scratching post she goes no i said well do you like your sofa she goes yeah oh <laughs> So I said, there, there are two, ty- two types. Cats, some cats like to scratch horizontally, right? something on the floor, and the others vertically. And they'll tell you. I mean, if you just watch your cat, they'll tell you what they like to scratch. You, right. You know, you know and, but, and with some of the scratching po- posts, they're way too short. Mm-hmm. So the cats don't use them. Make sure you get one that is, when the cat's at full extension, that's the height you want to get. So she gets all this stuff. So I see her the other day, and I said, listen, you let this cat out. It may not come back. She goes, oh, no, it'll come back. It always does. I said, her son doesn't live far from her, and that's where the cat was living, so we went back to his house. So the other day, I was talking to her, and I said, how goes it? She goes, I can't find him. I said, what do you mean you can't find him? He's in the house. She goes, no, I let him out. I went, oh, didn't we have this conversation? She goes, yeah, I know I shouldn't have. Yeah. So now she's frantically looking for this cat that she's bonded to. And that's a bad feeling. Yeah. You know, because you just think the worst. And a lot of times they're fine. They might be under a porch or they're just going to sit there, protect themselves. But it's not a good feeling. No. Hey, speaking of kittens, we have uh, at the Great Bay Animal Hospital in Durham, we have a bunch of kittens right now that are going to be adoptable in about a week. So if anybody was interested in a kitten, uh, really? give a How call over there. Gosh, last I checked, I think there was five or six. Okay. Might be more. But they're beautiful little kittens, and uh, they've been raised from the very beginning by us, and um, we've been fostering them, lots of attention. They've been held. My kids come over, and they play with them and love them, and uh, beautiful, beautiful little kittens. So is that through uh, Cochico Valley? No, no, no. We just had someone stop by one day with a, okay. with Sur- a box. Surprise! And, you know, I'm fine with that. I really am. And, I, you know, I'm not... I just think of what it could be on the other side for someone to dispose of cats. Right. There are worse ways of disposing with cats, and if they're going to bring them to my front door, now here I, you know, I'm saying this, I'll get to work on Monday. There'll be a carton of cats again. Did you spare the mom? 
Oh, well, yeah. Hey, this is Great Pets Radio. It's Dr. Jim with Brian. We'll be back after this break. Great Pets Radio is brought to you by Pet Care Rx, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. Pet Care Rx offers the same meds as top vets, but with a savings of up to 50%. So go to PetCareRx.com. Use promo code GPR10. GPR, the number 10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more and free shipping on all orders over $35 at PetCareRx.com. Welcome to Sassy Seniors, a show about our fabulous older dogs and cats. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. You know, I wanted to create a show to really showcase our senior pets. And you know, as the human population ages and lives longer, of course, so are our wonderful pets. But many of us with aging pets, it's so interesting. We have a tough time realizing or really admitting that they are seniors. So in a way, I kind of like to think of our senior pets as, as wise puppies. What do you think about that? Be sure to join us for another dish of Sassy Seniors. And remember, celebrate your senior pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with Brian. It's a beautiful Sunday morning, and we are talking pets. We are talking the health and behavior of pets. If you have questions at all, again, give us a call. The number is 888-441-9876. It's amazing how many people I talk to each week who do listen to the show, and I want to thank you for that. Um, you know, we were talking, Brian, earlier off air before the show started about Massachusetts. The, uh, the big conversation right now is Wonderland now closing. And Wonderland, of course, is their Greyhound Park that's down there. Right. And uh, it just, there's, you know, they're talking about 100 or 200 whatever jobs that are lost. The people who live in Massachusetts are, you know, pointing the finger towards the governor. Why not? I guess you've got to blame somebody. I'm saying it's all Duval's fault. Um, it, it, but it, it tends to be, I, I just, you know, you and I became very educated on this topic. Right. Gray 2K. Gray 2K. And Two attorneys that have made. You know, the, this a very profitable and gray, venture. Great 2K is an organization that is, um, you know, hell bent on shutting down that entire industry. And you know, they there is they provide pictures of you know where there was some abuse going on. Ten, it, fifteen years ago, and it really, really has tugged at the uh, the emotional purse strings of people and and such that it's they're closing so they're all closing down and you know when we go back and i'm not saying that i'm for greyhound racing but what i am saying is that after we we went into a two-week um program with us uh, on the show here and it was really interesting and what i walked away with was two things that the reason why they should be closed is number one the treatment of the dogs that w- as they stay there. So they, of course, the, the the people at the parks would say they're treated extremely well. They're walked. They, they show pictures and everything else. And then the other thing was lack of veterinary care. So those were the two. And and, I, and if someone knows more, call me. But that's what I got from Grade Two K, and that's what I got from others. And I just thought, I, I just thought, okay. So one of the things that I do know, and is that if you get a greyhound, they tell you, do not take them off leash. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Gonzo. Yep. But the re- and you can't take it personally when they run. They just love to run. It's just like that just lights them up. So 
it's a shame that we and we haven't taken away that running ability that you can do with the Greyhound because and I think Ann Nichols with Greyhound Rescue is going to call in. There is an organization locally and and around the region called Legra that if you own a Greyhound, you can bring him to this park and you can run your dog. So it's fenced. Pretty much. Yeah. But why, Brian, why couldn't there have been middle ground to say, and I'm not, I, don't, I don't gamble, but why couldn't there be a situation where, like horses, where people bring their dogs to the park, they can get tested for drugs or whatever else they need to test them for, and um, and then the, and have veterinarians there to take be- care of the dogs? It, because the way things are set up in our society at this point is that there is no meeting of the minds or communication. It's their camp against, you know, your camp. So as far as once they square off like that, instead of saying, okay, you know, the Greyhound breeders, as far as we've been to the track, Jim, we, we've seen the dogs. Yes. You know, as far as the care for the puppies and the dogs, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. But the way it was portrayed, people think it's this cruel, horrible industry. And there was no communication where people could have kept their jobs, the dogs doing what they love to do, and to bring a balance to this. Yep. There's not communication, there's conflict. Well, the, the, the thoughts on keeping the dogs out the track was to maintain the integrity of the business. Let's cut to the chase. They don't want them drugged up. They don't want some dog who's going to be brought from the house to the track all pumped up on anabolic steroids or something like that. I understand that. But at the same time, they're doing it in the horse business. I have a friend who owns a horse. She drives up to Maine on weekends, and she'll race their horse, and then she'll drive home. And it's kind of their hobby. And the horses love it. She loves it. And it's really and it's a social thing. So I just wish that we could have that with greyhounds. And maybe this Legra that uh, she may call in and talk to us about will offer people who have greyhounds. I do know people who let them off leash and let them go. And I think, God, that's, that's crazy. You, you can train some of them with a recall. You know, depending on how much work you want to put in, that is possible. The thing is, is they are so unbelievably fast. You yeah, know, but pe- people just don't realize they're next to you, and you turn around, they're half mile away. Yeah, uh, you know, I had that happen to me re- recently with a husky, who decided that you know we try to let it off leash for a little bit. Goodbye, and and you can't take it personally because they just love. But that's what they do. Huskies are notorious for it. I know, but you can train them, right? Yes. You can train Very them. Very much so. But it takes work. It takes work because they love to run. You know, that is what they do. Yeah. You know, um, so as far as for them to be on a, a lope or, you know, a fast trot and keeping that going for a couple of miles, that's what we selected them for. So it, they go on autopilot. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to, what's the word, anthropomorphize. Or, you know, we don't want to tell you what the dogs are thinking. But you know what? It's safe to say they go on autopilot. Yeah. And it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's funny. I was reading a piece on West Nile virus, and there's been a couple of incidences. It's not big time by any means. Right. But the big thing is heartworm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's all over the country. So it used to be down south. Now, you know, because the mosquitoes and changing uh, weather patterns and stuff, uh, if dog's not on heartworm, not a good choice. Yeah, a lot of people have, a lot of people forget to put their dogs on heartworm prevention, and I think they get away with it sometimes. When we give it on a monthly basis, you actually have 45 days to give it. So if you go that 46th day, you can then, and you know, if it's possibility that it's been transmitted, that we'll get to, the heartworm will get to the next phase, and the medicine won't kill it as it should. 
but um, you really should keep your dog on it. A lot of people going year-round now. Well, does that medicine kill the microfilaria, the juvenile stage, yes. along with the adults? Yeah, uh, No, not the adults. So if the... Well, I'm gonna, I'll come back to that. Okay. Why yeah. don't you come back to that, Jim? All right. There's different stages. There's L1 through L5. L1 starts off in the mosquito. It's transferred to L2 as the mosquito bites the dog. So when the mosquito bites the dog, it actually transfers it into the dog. Right. And then when it swings over to the next next um, larval stage, that's when it's susceptible. Boom, you can hit it. Now, once it goes beyond that 45 days and you start getting to the adult, the medicine is not designed for that. Well, now... <laughs> Now they found, and this is down in Alabama, in Auburn, where they do a lot of uh, heartworm research, they found that the adulticide or, or the, um, the heartworm pills that we use does kill the adult. So they, they do something called a slow kill now. So if your dog comes in with heartworm disease, you can do a slow kill, which in other words, instead of like getting rid of this thing and you know, 30 right, or one 60... Right, swoop. Yeah. <clears throat> the recommendation is to give um, three injections uh, 30 days apart. And you have about an 88% kill rate. The other thing you can do, is, but you've got to keep your dog for a month quiet. You can't let them run because they're going to throw a clot and it's, it's, it's deadly. Yeah. They will die. It's happened locally here. But um, now you can just give heartworm prevention once a month and you can do what's called a slow kill. Interestingly enough, the maker of the heartworm prevention, Muriel, the sales rep who's no longer in the region, his dog got it. <laughs> No. Are you kidding? So, and, and he, elect, why, why, he elected to go down the slow kill rate. Why isn't he in, uh, on, with Marielle anymore? Yeah, he, he, he is. He, he, he's down in, uh, good guy, but he's down in North Carolina now. But he elected not to do the fast kill. He elected to go the slow route. And the bottom, the, the, the slow route is not, it's really not FDA approved for that, but it does work over a period of about 16 months. What's the difference? Why would you select the slow kill versus the fast kill? Because, um, well, the, sl- because the, the thing about the slow kill is that um, it, it's probably maybe less... Um, Traumatic? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a slower phase thing. and supposed to killing them all really quick and suddenly... I mean, when these worms die in the system, Brian... Right. They're in, they're in the heart, so they're going to have to go somewhere. Yeah. They're not really in the heart. They're in the vessels that go right, to the heart. Right. By the heart. The, by the heart. But they've got to go somewhere. So it's not like we get rid of them. So they stay in the system, and then over time, the system walls them off, and kind of immune system will eat them up, so to speak. But uh, if you do it in a slower thing, supposedly it's it's not as traumatic. But here's the thing, is that if you do the slow one, you have to keep your dog quiet for a year and a half. I mean, that to me is is crazy. I'll go two months, you know, if it was my dog. But to but to have to keep my dog real quiet for a year and a half, I just I couldn't do it. Well, that with your brother with a vimer on her puppy and dog you know good luck yes but if you if you have a breed that's really going to be bouncing around it's it's very it makes it very difficult but you're right we see it it's up here and you got you know everybody get in that frame of mind the first of the month we all do the same thing we apply our flea and tick treatment if we use it and the other thing more importantly is the heartworm prevention and i'm going to go on one more thing now you ready? i had a guy who really got on me this week about how how it was the PetMed Express really made it easier for him to get his meds. But now they're requiring authorization and all sorts of stuff, which was making his life difficult. Uh, I don't, if you're going to buy the, uh, these heartworm preventions, buy it from your veterinarian because the company sold it directly to them. Where are these internet people got it from? We don't know. 
You're listening to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim and Brian. We'll be back after this break. Hey, boy. How you doing? <coughs> what am I doing? <coughs> I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? <coughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. <coughs> create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with Brian Kilcommons, the dog trainer extraordinaire. I, you know what? I'd love to be a puppy that shows up at your house. I'll tell you, they walk out knowing what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling this Jack Russell, nine weeks old. God, she's just so cute. I'm teaching her down, and she's starting to understand it. And she, she's starting to plunk herself down. It's just funny as anything. Yeah, you looked at me years ago when I, because that is a breed that I, I first saw this breed in Ireland as I was walking through a b- horse barn and I saw this dog attached to a horse's mane like four and a half feet up in the air and I went, what is that? And it was a Jack Russell Terrier and I remember talking to you and I kind of, I was enamored by them as I still am today. They're athletes, they're smart and they're, they're tough and they're tough and there's some qualities I kind of like about them. Well, but this is what you said to me. You said, Jim, have you ever seen the show Frasier? And I said, yes, I have. And he said, what did you say? Do you ever see anybody pet the dog? You said that dog has bitten everybody on the set, right? He had a reputation. Yeah. So they can be tough dogs, but at the same time, they can be great household pets, can't they? I like them a lot. And the thing is, is they, they have two of them. Um, and one of the reasons they selected them, they live on a nice piece of property in uh, Ipswich. And they have, you know, donkeys and alpacas and other stuff. Um, but the main reason they got them, uh, they're horse people, too, so right. it makes sense. Right. But they have an invasion of squirrels. Uh-huh. And the squirrels, they probably have paid out, I don't know, three grand 
the squirrels got into the BMW, uh-huh. ripped all the insulation out of the hood because they were using it for nesting material. Then it got how it, it got into the wheel well and chewed all the wires. <laughs> so again, another trip to BMW. And the thing is, is that insurance doesn't cover squirrel damage on your BMW. So uh, these two are going to be uh, two little assassins, basically. <laughs> I said, you know, I said, give it a year. You're not going to have a squirrel problem. That's what they were made for. Yeah, one of the things that I found with them is that it's it is for some reason out of any breed, it's difficult to house train them. I, I've seen four, with the jacks. Yeah, I've seen 14 month old dogs who still haven't got it. Are, are you have you experienced that at all? No. Well, I teach them to go on command. All right. So you know, I'm going out with Toga and going hurry, hurry, and she looks at me and she pees. You know, get busy and she'll defecate. Because one, you know, especially last walk, that's usually, you know, it's nice weather now. But as it starts to turn, you're chanting, going, "Come on, please go." When you watch the um, and the agility people and the agility, if you ever catch it on on TV or something, it seems like the Jack Russells are really represented in agility. Like they just have that ability just to motor through those, those, you know, those loops and those canes and just go to the end, hit it and. Go. Well, you know, they're bred to take on animals twice their size. Yeah. You know, uh, and they're very smart. They're very athletic. They're very, can be very barky. Mm-hmm. You know, because any Jack Russell didn't bark is now dead. If it's 30 feet underground, that barking is a homing device. Mm-hmm. You know, without it, you're not digging them out. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyways, Jack Russell's enough for anybody, but you know what? We both like him. So, but we, you know, we both of us like pets as long as you're going to put the time in. It, it's funny because you know Wyatt and uh, PJ, older dogs, and every time I bring a puppy in the house, they both just kind of look at me, going, "Whose idea was this?" <laughs> Wyatt is Wait. your ten-year-old German Shepherd. Yeah, yeah, he's getting real ouchy. I put him on that joint diet, and uh, supposedly that's going to help. But he needs to go to some physical therapy. In fact, I'm going to bring him in this week so you can take a look at him. He's not feeling good. What Brian is referring to is there is a new diet. Well, I shouldn't say new. It's been around for a while. It's a little bit pricey if you're used to buying food over the counter, but it's it's made by Hills. Great, great uh, research done and a lot of good endorsements, but it's basically designed for joint health. And, um, you know, it's it's supposedly helping a lot of dogs. So Yeah, but there's something going on with him. He's kind of ouchy. Hey, I was, I was uh, as I usually do, flipping around reading, and I found uh, this thing from Live Science, who had America's favorite pets, and they counted them down from 10 to 1. So number 10, you know what number 10 was? A rat. Yes. Yeah. You like them? People would, love them, Brian. Yeah, I know. There are a lot. You, you can teach them tricks. Yeah, they're smart as anything. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's not the brown rat everybody sees running around outside. It's usually the white ones, the multicolored ones, or whatever. But they're very smart, and some people really love them as pets. And they're really, they are social, and they they can be really nice pets. They're tumor factories, from my point of you know point of view. They don't, they a lot of them get tumors, unfortunately. But, anyways, that's number ten. So okay. Not that I would get a rat, but uh, I have seen them. They come in, I treat them. Matter of fact, I am on a list of, of veterinarians who treat rats. I don't know how I got there. But, uh, <laughs> That's a whole other story, yeah. Kiernan. Uh, but the other thing is, uh, number nine. Number nine is birds. Birds are uh, parakeets. We're number, uh, number nine favorite pets in the United States. They're great little pets, and it really brings a lot of color and life into the house. My brother has uh, one up in Alaska where he lives, and uh, the thing flies around and does its thing. And, and has its own coat. 
I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) But they can be smelly and they can be work and they can be, uh, they can be difficult to take care of. Any living being is work, you know? just, I get up every morning, I'm doing the horses, the dogs, I'm feeding the cat. I mean, it's just part of it, but it's also a way of getting out of yourself and giving and taking care of something else. Yeah. And you know what's amazing, and you mentioned this on the show once, is that for bird owners, and I don't, you know, know why it happens, but birds, if you have a couple, will love one, and then the other person, right, is their enemy. Those are the bigger birds, yeah. And it's like, well, can't you like, like both people? And it's not even the one who feeds the bird that they might bond to. For some reason, they'll bond to the other one. There's sexual preferences. There are with birds? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they either like women or they like men, but they may not like both. You have to work at it. You can work around that. But people who don't know about that, the bird starts really reacting to the other person. You can now get board certified in uh, avian medicine. So there, and there are a lot of people in the area now in New Hampshire who want to do just birds. So if you own a bird, look them up. In Londonderry, there's a big bird store. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there's a lady, this lady in Wyndham, Dr. Carol Maycumber, who loves birds. We've had her, uh, we've had her on the show. Yeah, um, but don't forget, especially with the big parrots, long-term relationship. You know, more than likely you're going to be passing it on to your heirs. So you need to know that if you're going to get, you know, a parrot or uh, cockatoo or something like that. They're not going anywhere fast. No. Uh, number eight, turtles. Something well, near and dear to me. Really? Hello, well, salmonella. Yeah, well, that's one of the things you've got to consider. Is this. There's a reason why they weren't sold for years. They're making a comeback. But I will, I will warn you, if you do get a turtle, you will go into the pet store and you will see them for nineteen ninety nine, And then you will walk out. And <laughs> <laughs> the turtle condo for Mikey. Right. Before you know it, you're a 1999 turtle. You just dropped four or $500 on, on something. <laughs> on tur- the tank and the rock and the heater. Well, and you know. Sure. Well, first, you know, you get the turtle, and then you're going to have to get the turtle starter kit. Yes. Makes a lot of sense, right? Right. And then you find that t- turtle starter kit really isn't, big enough or it doesn't do the job so you have to upgrade so now what do you do with the turtle starter kit that goes in the basement anyways so that was my uh stuff for turtles this is dr jim with brian we're going to count down the last six pets before we wrap it up today if you have any questions 888-441-9876 and we'll be back New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Great Pets Radio with Dr. Jim and Brian. So number seven on America's Favorite Pets, Brian, was a tarantula. Hmm. How do you like that? Okay. What's interesting, what I didn't know about them, is that they they really a lot of them bite, but it's not they're not as venomous and as poisonous. It's it's like a they like, really don't bite their fangs. Yeah, they they say it's like a bee sting, but um, you know the big thing that they were mentioning about them is that it, they're fragile. So if you drop them, they can get hurt. 
Yep. So, um, number six is a hamster. Great for kids. They are. The only thing I don't like about hamsters is they don't live long enough. The kid gets one, and you're already filling out the uh, you know the funeral arrangements. Right, but you know what? They just live a it, year or two. If you're not sure about getting a dog, and they're going, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. And they do. And the hamster is ha- a great place to start. Yeah, and they're happy, happy little pets too. Uh, but my favorite, um, uh, instead of hamsters, is a guinea pig. I am a yep. huge fan of guineas. They're fun. They're very colorful. They're really social. They're good pets. And don't bite as much. It, yeah, and you know what? They can live a long time. Some of them can go seven, eight, nine years. Yeah. So they're good pets, and uh, if you have little kids at home and you think about a pet and you don't want that commitment of a dog or a cat, check out a guinea pig. I like them. I like them, too. Uh, number four, fish. Big time. You like fish as pets? Well, it's it's really soothing watching a fish tank. You know what? That's exactly what they said here. They were talking about studies have shown that those who watch fish for it in aquariums experience a drop in blood pressure. Right. That's why they have them in dentist offices. Ah, Interesting. Yeah. So you sit there and look at the fish, and you calm down. But you got to you hear this. Oh man, I wish they. <laughs> number three. What's number three, Brian? Number three is a rabbit. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Well, you know. Um, I think I would think birds were more popular than rabbits. It mentions here, although rabbits enjoy the company of people, they prefer not to be held, and they need a couple of hours outside their cage for exercise. They can chew on wires, scratch on things. They are cute, though. They are, and they come in a variety of sizes. They do. But and they're also fragile. Mm-hmm. So. And you got to make you got to. There are more husbandry issues with, with whenever we see a rabbit for something, it's because it wasn't fed the right thing. People feed right. them a ton of bananas. They'll eat them. You give a banana, they'll eat it all day. Uh, and it comes down to not enough fiber, not enough hay. Um, or they need hay. And they eat their own poop, and people are always grossed out about that. Well, that's part of what they do. That's part of their life cycle. Right. It's called being a coprophagiac. That's the word, coprophagiac. You're a poop eater. Which, by the way, you can help that with dogs. They don't know why it happens, but you, there is, you can add uh, supplements to the food. Basically you know, MSG. You, you know what, what else? It is. Pineapple. For If they're eating their own stools, feed them some pineapple. It changes it somehow, and a lot, not all dogs, but some dogs go, ugh, I don't want this. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a product that we have called, uh, I don't know what it is, but it used to be called Forbid. Yeah. And, and at least it gives the amount, MSG is in accent salt, meat tenderizer, what works. Um, number two is Cats. a cat. You got it. America's favorite pet. Number two is a cat. So lots of them. There is a potential of scratching the furniture, asthmatic symptoms, etc. That's the sad part is people are allergic to cats. And number one, your favorite and my favorite, and although I'm a cat person too, are dogs. Yeah. They are number one, and there there is a reason for that. And although benefits come along, the cost of food bills and veterinary bills, many more are happy to oblige. Well, you know that old saying. That saying I like so much. Dogs you give commands, cats you make suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we want to uh, we want to thank everybody for listening this week. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to do this show with Brian and uh, get, offer some give back and any advice we can do to make your relationship with your pets a better one. Have a great week. Enjoy the rainy days Monday and Tuesday, and then sun once again. And Labor Day is coming up. I'll talk to you next week. Have a good week. You've been listening to the Great Pets Radio Show. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk. 
Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.